ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome to the No Higher Calling podcast. Today I have Heidi James joining me. Heidi, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me on here. Yes, our paths crossed, goodness, it's probably been a couple years ago now when we were both on the deputation trail. (laughs) (laughs) So since that time, you have spent some time uh, serving the Lord in Canada. Now you're back in the States and you have one of the most unique opportunities in ministry that I've seen recently. And I am so excited because I am passionate about getting God's word to the next generation. And that is your heart. And so do you want to share a little bit about yourself and what God has you doing? Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, I grew up in a Christian home um, that was just saturated in the Bible. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, and I think probably when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I just really got kind of an interest in a burden for missions and, um, taking the gospel throughout all the world. Um, and kind of as I was growing up in church, um, I was really, my parents were involved in so many ministries, so I just kind of worked alongside them, but specifically in children's ministries. Um, and I think the first children's ministry I was in when I was 13 years old. So I was pretty much still a kid myself. Um, <laughs> my dad drove the church bus and I rode along um, and kind of did a Bible lesson for the kids. Um, and so I did the bus ministry. I would help in various junior churches and classes at my church. Um, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I even did a few weeks of working at a Christian camp. Uh, So when I went to Bible college, I was really torn between doing a missions degree or doing a teaching degree. Um, I come from a long line of teachers. And so I started out with elementary education. um, And then after taking an extended missions trip, I decided to switch my major over to uh, missions. Um, And so I graduated with a missions degree. And um, everyone always asks you, you know, where are you going to go? And I didn't know. um, But my senior year, I was given the opportunity to uh, do a missions trip up to northern Ontario, Canada. Um, I was in North Bay, Ontario. And um, a few things happened. Uh, March 2020 did. Um, (laughs) Nothing major. (laughs) Just a small thing there, but that turned from a, uh, it was supposed to be a two-month mission trip in the Mm -hmm. summer, Um, but the longer I had to wait as the border was closed and all these things, uh, the pastor there asked me if I'd be willing to come a little bit longer for a year, Mm -hmm. Um, and I prayed about it and agreed to do that, so I did a whirlwind, about nine months of deputation, just so to get some funds so I could be up there for the year. Yes. Um, that's where our paths crossed yes. at a missions conference. Um, and so then in, I believe it was September of 2021, I went up to Canada, and I was able to work in a church there for, or serve in a church there for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was incredible, such... So many experiences um, working with children's ministries um, and so many more things, traveling. Um, but really, it was, it was during the deputation time and during my time in Canada that um, God started to point some things out to me. Um, I, I love doing Bible study, and um, that's actually something I never started until my fre- or my senior year of college, the first time I ever did an actual Bible study other than just reading the Bible. Um, and so I was learning that and starting, God was starting to open my eyes to different truths in scripture. Mm-hmm. And then about that time, I was um, probably on one of the, you know, eight hour, nine hour trips across the country to a deputation <laughs> meeting. I was listening to an audiobook about the story of a missionary um, actually, she was from Australia, okay. a missionary over to um, the Solomon Islands, and she started a uh, society mm-hmm. for youth 
Um, and the purpose was to teach them to study the word of God. Um, and I was like, wow, that's an incredible idea. Yes. Um, but I couldn't find out any more information about it. And I said, you know, that would be something that'd be really great to encourage kids to read the Bible, but also to teach them how to study the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, because as I looked at my experience and then in church as a kid and then my experience teaching, I realized that we tell kids to read the Bible, but we never really, in, overall in general, equip them to study the Bible, to understand what they're reading. We just mm -hmm. make them almost dependent on us for that. Um, to the point that I was 21 years old before I ever learned how to study and really began studying the Bible for myself. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the days off during deputation, um, I was kind of in between meetings. I sat down, I designed a logo, and I said, I'm going to start, someday I'm going to start um, this society for kids. I'm going to call it the Children's Bible Society. And I actually started writing a Bible study. And I said, can I create a Bible study where they're it's them, teaching them how to study the Bible following a pattern, mm -hmm. um, but it's also just not me feeding them all the answers. It's me helping them find answers and kind of that thing. Um, but it was deputation. It was crazy. It was busy. I said, there's no way I can do it. Uh, maybe once I get to the mission field. And I got to the mission field, and there was absolutely no way then. <laughs> it doesn't slow down on the mission field, does it? <laughs> it doesn't it? <laughs> slow down. Um, and so I just kept pushing it off um, and more or less forgot about it. And then once I got to Canada, of course, I was involved heavily with working with children's Bible clubs, with Sunday schools. I traveled to some churches. Um, I was able to help one church start up a Bible club, um, and I would go every now and then. I was about five hours away from where I was in North Bay, Ontario, um, six hours north above Toronto for reference. For where it's listening. very cold. <laughs> uh, yes, very cold. Um, a good bit of snow, um, which was a shock for somebody raised in the South. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. But um. So I'm traveling back and forth to different churches, and that enabled me to observe churches, um, especially churches that were trying to start children's ministries um, and things like that. And I, I came to this realization that is there's really not a lack of workers. Um, every church that I went to, they had somebody who could work with the kids, mm -hmm. but what they lacked was training and resources. Um, in fact, I had several churches that, I've been able to, that while I was in Canada, I was able to send them resources that I had made for my club and to send it to them so they could use it in their Bible club. And these things, and they're just really, you know, we don't know what to do. We, we need some ideas. Mm -hmm. um, so I started, I was already at that point creating resources for churches. And um, goodness, I think this was back in April. Um, there were just so many times the whole year I was in Canada where, I just kept remembering the Children's Bible Society, um, and I, you know, I was way too busy. It was not going to happen, but mm -hmm. in April, God really started to bring it to mind again. Um, and, I mean, I was still crazy busy. We were about to have a huge conference that we held at Niagara Falls. I was doing all the work for that. Um, I was like, this is impossible. There's no way I can do it, but God wouldn't keep bringing it to my mind and so I was like well I don't know how this is going to work out um I I have no idea what it's going to become and everything but I'm willing to do it um and at that point when I started it was just the idea of teaching kids to study the bible and then of course I realized we also it needs to be two-pronged aimed at kids but aimed at people who are teaching kids the bible mm -hmm. um at that point I was planning to stay in Canada um, but over the next several months, just some different things arose. Um, and so when my visa expired in September of this year, I came back to the United States and I spent a month finishing up some resources. And then I set up a website and some social medias and I launched a Children's Bible Society. Um, so it's been officially going for about two months. Um, 
And it's been crazy. It's been wild. I have no idea what I'm doing. You're God, doing I, an amazing job. I, I found out, I mean, I knew you, but I found out about the Children's Bible Society through a mutual friend. And like I said, I was just immediately so excited. So you have a website, um, social media page, YouTube channel, I believe. I do. Yes. yes. So yeah, what the Children's Bible Society really is, it's an online resource for kids and for parents or teachers, for anybody who's teaching kids the Bible. Um, so I've got quite a few things on there. Um, I do have um, as many free resources as I'm able to get on there. Mm -hmm. um, and these aren't necessarily things that I've only created. Um, I've had several other Sunday school teachers and Bible teachers who were working together. Um, mm -hmm. They've shared resources that I'm able to share with others. Um, so if you go to the website, childrensbiblesociety.com, there's lots of resources on there. Um, and I'm still creating some resources. Um, in January 1st, I'm hoping to launch three of the Bible studies. The whole reason it was started, um, those will be released on the website. Um, and our social medias right now have some information. I'm releasing information mm -hmm. about those. Really, they follow a five-step process of asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom, then reading the target passage, understanding it, going back, using resources to look up the meaning of words. Um, side note, I was shocked at how many Bible words are in a kid's dictionary, um, but it's in there. It's actually really easy to find most of it. And then the fourth step is comparing scripture with scripture um, to see further meaning and then finally applying it to our lives. So every study follows that pattern. Um, and I'm really excited about these studies. They've, I mean, some of them have been two years in the process of yes. being written. Um, so January is a pretty big one for that. I also, on my YouTube channel, I have two separate video series that are going right now. One is called Teacher Tips, and it's mm -hmm. for anyone teaching kids the Bible. Just little things I've learned um, that hopefully would be a help to somebody else. And then the second series is called Kids with Questions. And um, I'm the really the first 10 episodes are focusing on the doctrine of God, on mm -hmm. theology, answering questions about God from the Bible. Um, and in the next few months, I'm hoping to release um, almost like a mini curriculum. So if a church or a homeschool mom or just a family and family devotions wants to um, use those videos and reteach kind of what's in there, mm -hmm. have the resources for that. Um, so hopefully within the next couple months, I'll be releasing unit one of that on the doctrine of God. Um, and then I'm definitely planning to go through other doctrines after that and kids with questions, but definitely excited about all of that. And That's praying about, yeah, praying about what comes next for the Children's Bible Society. And you have an email as well that goes out, right? Uh, yeah. So I've got kind of a monthly newsletter, which just mm -hmm. lets people... Um, know the different, that's more for the adults, know what's mm -hmm. happening. But then I also have, um, I call it the children's letter. I started this as a missionary, um, helping, you know, keeping kids informed about the ministries and stuff in Canada. Um, but when I left Canada, of course, I switched it over just for the Children's Bible Society. So the children's letter can actually, you can get it through the mail or through email, whichever you prefer. And um, it has some sort of story. Um, right now I'm going through the Pilgrim's Progress. Mm -hmm. um, so of course the story has been that. I have an activity. Um, I've partnered with a few different um, organizations to prayer pioneers for prayer requests and praises that you can pray for. Um, we have a hymn story that's been provided by New Mercy's Music. So teaching the history behind different hymns. Mm -hmm. um, I've got Bible reading passages and scripture memory verses. Um, and so, yeah, that goes out every month. It's totally free. Anybody can sign up for that, um, on the website. Well, this is just such an amazing resource. And that's really why I wanted to have you on the podcast. When I saw this, I thought, I mean, not only am I a mom with kids, we teach a Sunday school class at church. We're about to head to the mission field. And I just thought this is such a biblically sound resource that is so needed. Um, and to have it all in one place that saves me so much time. And I know um, for the listeners, I mean, goodness, we have, you know, mothers, we have grandmothers, we have children's workers, teachers. I mean, it's, it's really endless. So many different women that 
connect with children in different facets of life. And so I wanted to make sure that they got to hear about this resource and hear about the Children's Bible Society and all that you have available. And I'm excited for this new year and all that you have coming. So in today's episode, I think it was one of your early, early Instagram posts. When I first came across the Children's Bible Society, you had like a little social media kind of series post on teaching children to pray. And it was so, so good. Like I said, even in my own motherhood, as you know, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and even the two-year-old jumps in on prayer sometime, you know, but we're trying to get beyond, you know, thank you, Lord, for my ice cream, amen. You know, just, just really teaching them that this is an opportunity to go before the throne of God and speak to him in prayer. And your advice and scripture and all was just such a help to me. Um, So I would love to have you just kind of jump in and share some of that content um, with the listeners about how we can teach children to pray in a more effective way. Yeah, so that post was actually when I was still in Ontario. At that point, I still wasn't even planning to the Children's Bible Society, um, but... I, God had started to lay prayer on my heart, but not just for me personally, to teach it to children. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I've observed, um, and I mean, I've had the opportunity to grow up in several different churches, um, just through different moves my family made. I had the opportunity to travel really all across the world and then travel all through the United States, visit many, many different churches. And... Of all the churches I visited, I can think of one church that had a prayer meeting for children. Um, growing up, the first time I was ever in an actual prayer meeting uh, was when I was 12 years old. Um, every church I'd been at before then, they just had a different program for the kids, which really didn't involve kids praying. So 12 years old, I get into this prayer meeting. I was too afraid to pray in front of the adults. You know, I never really prayed out loud with other people outside of my family before. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I'm thinking through all these things um, in, in North Bay, I, um, I remember I went to the pastor and I was like, can I start a prayer meeting for the kids here at church? Um, just during the Wednesday night, we'll just, when the adults go to prayer, we'll take the kids out and we're going to have them pray. Uh, so really everything on those posts, it's things that I just learned in the process of teaching children to pray. Um, and, and really, for me, um, it was really interesting. The growing, as I was growing up in children's ministry, working in children's ministry, most of my experience was with older children. But in Ontario, um, I was able to teach the nursery class. So I had newborn to five years old, uh-huh. huge range. Um, but I had a lot of experience working with younger kids. And so when most of the children were younger, so as I'm thinking about starting this prayer meeting, I was thinking, you know, can these kids even... When, are the, when is a kid capable of learning to pray? And obviously there is no across-the-board answer because every child's different. Yes. Um, but something I re- um, kind of notice is that whenever a child can repeat um, phrases after you, uh, I, I have, um, I'm a little biased, but I have the cutest nephew in the whole world. He's two <laughs> years old. Um, if you say, hey, will you pray? He holds his hand, bows his head, and goes, blah, 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 amen. <laughs> um, and, you know, in his case, it's for him, it's really for a two-year-old who can't even form words. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he can say, you know, the cow says moo. Uh, yes. He can do that, but he can't. He's not capable of coming up with his own words. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not even able to repeat full sentences yet. But for him, it's learning a pattern. He's following what he sees. He mm-hmm. doesn't exactly know what he's doing but he knows what praying is and right now he's imitating a pattern and I think that's important but as a child gets older and they're able to repeat phrases after you I think that's when you can really start to work on that pattern um in in my nursery class I had a little girl who was two years old um and so we we started at prayer time we had all the kids pray and so with her I would just repeat um kind of I would use a pattern so and as you think about it, children always follow what they see and what they hear. So mm-hmm. as we're teaching them, it's really important that we're thinking about what we're doing. Um, so I would start out with a pattern with Dear Heavenly Father. Um, and 
I, I, I think before then I'd always just said, dear Jesus, because it's easier for them to say that, right? But, but I was really thinking about the Lord's prayer and the pattern that he gives us that we pray to the Father through the Son, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I start off with, dear Heavenly Father, and let them repeat that. And then I say one simple thing. We took prayer requests in our Sunday school, so I just pick one of those. Um, so, you know, help so-and-so's knee to get better. Um, you know, with kids, it's always the bumps, the scrapes, the bruises. Yes. Um, and let them repeat that, repeat that simple request. I would just do one little request, and then I would say, in Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. Um, and just consistently doing that. And, and the thing is, they learn quite fast. So, so very soon, we'd be able to start her off. And so we'd say, you know, dear Heavenly Father, she'd repeat that. We'd say the request, she'd repeat that. And then as soon as I started to say, in Jesus' name, she'd finish it. Mm-hmm. She was learning that pattern. And I still remember, it was just a few months after doing that, I said, all right, do you want to pray? And she goes, uh-huh. And I started her off. I said, dear Heavenly Father, and she just took off and prayed her own prayer, Aww. added in two or three different little things of her own. And she yes. was, and after that, she every single week, she would pray on her own. Um, and it was just so sweet to listen to. She'd go through a list of names. It was when she prayed for at home. But um, mm-hmm. then she prayed for Miss Heidi, and that just really got me. Um, so I don't think it's, it's possible to start them too early. You mm-hmm. know, even, even if it's just, Learning that, you know, ballet, the pattern of prayer. Um, But just even as they're younger, realizing that we're setting the example. And that's another thing that God started to put on my heart about setting the example. Kids watch everything you do. Um, And and I'm I'm a bad one for that because I'm not around them all the time. So I forget that, you know, the kids in my Sunday school class, the kids wherever I'm at, they're always watching and imitating me. Um, But just... God spoke to me about, do I'm teaching about prayer. Well, do I really know what God says about prayer? And if, and if you're feeling like God wants you to teach, you know, spend time focusing on teaching about prayer, really recommend doing a personal study in the Bible on prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and just learning what God says about prayer, seeing prayers in the Bible and the Psalms, Jesus' prayers. Um, and, and, and so that way, you know, how can we teach promises about prayer, patterns of prayer, if we don't know it ourselves? Um, and there were just some questions that I asked myself as I got ready to start the prayer meeting and, and really get it going. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked myself, well, am I spending regular time in private prayer? And I know this looks different for everyone. Um, I mean, especially goodness. I just spent a week babysitting my niece and nephew. So I got a small tiny taste of the mom life and I'm like I can't do anything once they're up you know <laughs> um even that nap time I would sit down and two minutes later my niece would start crying and yes. I'm like oh man here it goes again <laughs> for real so sometimes sometimes prayer isn't like sitting down for an hour sometimes it's just a constant dialogue with God during the day but am mm-hmm. I having that time of communication with God and then the second question is do I understand God's teaching about prayer like um, am I praying biblically? And then just also asking, am I seeing God's answers to prayer in my life? Um, I find there'd be so many times when I'm like, God, you have not answered my prayers lately. Um, and then it's like the Holy Spirit will be like, well, you haven't really asked specifically for prayer. And then I'm like, oh, right. Um, because before we can teach prayer, we have to we have to learn it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's a lifetime journey of learning. There's never an end to learning, but God really spoke to me on that. But I think another thing to think about, especially with kids, and this is what I've learned through this prayer meeting, to be clear. Um, currently at my home church where I'm currently um, at now, I uh, teach, I call it a foundations class. I'm teaching kids that came in in our van ministry Um, most of the students in there have been in church for six weeks of their life, and that's it. So things that I take for granted, they have no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really easy for rituals to form because we do things, we don't explain them, and then they imitate what they see, and they don't know why they're doing this. They just think, oh, I've got to do this. Um, And this is some misconceptions I realized I had in my life, but it reminds me of a passage in Matthew 6, verse 7, where, God, where Jesus is talking. He once again using vain repetitions in prayer. So as I was looking into this, I was like, I, I got to look the word up. I always have to look words up in the Bible. So vain repetitions is actually one Greek word, and it's actually the idea of stuttering. 
So just kind of monotonously repeating a sound without meaning behind it. Um, and I think prayer can easily become that because sometimes it's like a ritual. It's like, okay, we just bow our heads and we pray for the food. We say the same thing. Um, and I found this amazing quote. I, I don't have the name of the person who said it, but it's prayer requires more of the heart than of the tongue. Mm. And so the goal when we're teaching prayer is to teach just genuine talking with God. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that God's even been teaching me this past year. Um, and I think really in prayer, we kind of, kind of the rituals form in a couple ways. First of all, with the posture of prayer. Um, we've all heard it. Okay, everybody bow your head, fold your hands, close your eyes, you know, close your mouth. We're going to pray. We're going to talk to God. Um, and so for a while, that was just, I would always say that whenever I got started to pray. And I didn't even know myself. I'm like, I don't even know why we do these things. Uh -huh. um, but now I'm teaching kids who have no idea about anything. And I can't afford to have misunderstandings to make them think, oh, well, I can't close my eyes right now. I can't pray. Mm -hmm. um, no, those things aren't required for prayer. And so I, I've started just explaining things before uh -huh. we pray. It takes me about one minute to go through this, but I'll say, okay, so we're going to pray. When we pray, you don't have to do this, but here's something you can do. You can bow your head to show respect to God. You can fold our hands so we don't get distracted and touch our neighbors. That's a big one in this class, let me tell you. Um, also, you can close your eyes so you're not distracted looking around. And this is my big one. And I say, then I want no talking because I don't want to be interrupted when I talk to God. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll just give a simple explanation. And I usually finish with saying, and you know, we don't have to do these things to pray, but they're helpful to us. Mm -hmm. um, so just a simple 30-second explanation just to prevent there from being wrong thinking or yes. a ritual or this thought of, well, I, I can't be in a quiet place. I can't be in this perfect. There is no perfect situation. I talk to God. You just mm -hmm. talk to God. Um, and then the words of prayer. This is where I realized I had so many misconceptions. Um, and so really just there's kind of three things that hop to mind, things that we always just say and we don't think about meaning behind them. First of all, how we address a prayer. Um, and I mean, I asked myself, well, why do we say, does it matter if you say dear Jesus or dear heavenly father, or everyone has a different way to start their prayer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, really the reason why in the Bible, dear heavenly father, it's because we're praying to God, the father following Jesus example. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's something I would explain with the kids. And then another big one is amen. Um, Clearly, people have misunderstandings about what this word means, but it really just means so be it. I, I remember this one time. This was just a few years ago. This was how ritualized my prayer was. I, um, I was getting ready in the morning. So I was just kind of having this, you know, as thoughts came to mind, I was praying to God. Mm -hmm. And then I was driving on my way to work and I had this moment. I was like, oh, I didn't say amen. I hope God answers my prayer. Um, and that's ridiculous, right? But it was a thinking like, oh, I have to say amen. No, really, that's not something that's required. It's just, you know, it's just, it's how Jesus answers prayer. It means, mm -hmm. you know, I agree, I mean it. Um, but for me, the biggest misconception I've had about prayer is that behind the phrase, in Jesus' name. Um, we just tack it on the end of the prayer. Uh, so I realized I had this misconception from John chapter 14, where Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Mm -hmm. um, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So I was like, okay, well, to get my prayers answered, I have to tack on in Jesus' name, amen, at the end. Um, and I think that's easy, an easy misconception for children to have because we just say it at the end of the prayer. Mm -hmm. um, it becomes so ritualized. It's one of the first things they can independently say on their own because we just always say it. Um, but no, that's not, it's not a magic phrase that gets your prayers answered. It's, it's acknowledging that Jesus is our mediator between God. First Timothy 2.5, you know, there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So we're acknowledging that if it were not for Jesus, we could not pray to God, but also praying according to his will and his character. That's really what first John or John 14 is talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't realize that till I did a study on this passage. I was like, oh, that's what it means. The best way I can use to explain it. Um, about a month ago, I was giving to a Christian charity and they gave me the option to give the money in the name of a relative um, or in memory. Mm -hmm. um, when we do this at funerals, we give to the memory of somebody who died, and then we take that money and we give it to 
a missionary or a church or a charity that this person would have loved and supported. Yes. Uh, when my grandma passed away, we, we took some of the money and gave it to a Christian orphanage because my grandma loved teaching children the Bible. She would have loved that. We didn't take it and give it to um, medical research or to an animal shelter. Not that my grandma wasn't for those things, mm-hmm. but teaching children the gospel and the Bible would best have honored her memory. And so that's the idea when we're praying in Jesus' name, we're asking for things that follow his character that are really according to his will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just teaching those. And the best way I've found to teach about prayer is right before prayer. Take one minute and teach about something. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, so did you know that we pray? We say, dear Heavenly Father, when we pray, because we're praying to God the Father in heaven. Or take one minute and say, do you know what the phrase in Jesus' name means? Do you know why we say that? And just putting the meaning behind this, because it adds such a meaning and such a reminder of Christ when we do those things. Yes. Um, but... You know, that's just one thing. When it, Another thing, when it just comes down to teaching children to pray, especially young children, being age appropriate, um, I really think as a general overall in the church and Christianity, we underestimate children. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I was always really just had all these misconceptions, almost demeaning, like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to have them pray because they're going to mess up the prayer requests or, you know, they're... They're not as spiritual as I am. And my, my opinion on these things has just changed so much. Children are so simple and so mm-hmm. genuine. There's so many times when I'm teaching my foundations class, I'm teaching something they have never heard in their lives. And I'll teach it from the Bible. And okay, they just accept it. I'm like, you're not going to question that. You're not going <laughs> to overanalyze and overthink that. Yes. Um, I'm like, man, I wish I had that childlike faith. Yes. I think children are more capable of genuine prayer because... They're asking God. They expect him to answer. Mm-hmm. They have such faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think another thing we underestimate is that they'd be willing to pray out loud. In my nursery class, what I would say it's prayer time. Who wants to pray? All I hands go five, up. <laughs> five little kids on the edge of their seats just wiggling, me, 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 um, fighting over who got to go first. And I'm like, okay, calm down. Everybody gets a chance to pray. Um, but in reality, that young age, they want to pray. They're so mm-hmm. excited. and. Um, they're just so eager to do it. Yeah. So I cannot encourage enough. If you've never thought of doing a children's prayer meeting, if you have influence in your church, if this is something you're able to do, think about starting and pray about and talk with your pastor about starting a prayer meeting for the children where the children are giving requests where they're praying. Mm-hmm. Um, because a child sitting in on the adult prayer meeting, um, I, I, that's my current church. They do have that. They have that adult prayer meeting and hearing some of their requests, how they interpret some of those prayer requests just gets me. If you follow my Instagram, I often post funny things that kids say. A lot of them come out of that prayer meeting um, because it's just going above their heads. But if we give them their own prayer meeting, get it to that age appropriate mm-hmm. level. Um, and really, I just there's a few other reasons. It gives them an opportunity to teach them how to pray biblically. We have that however much time where we're praying. So it gives us a chance to talk about prayer um, and teach. And then it gives them a chance to pray on their own. It gives them a chance to give their request and see the request answered. And then it emphasizes to them that God expects them to pray. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was something I hadn't realized until I did a study in the Bible on God's view of children, if you will, and realizing that God expects us as adults to pray. God expects children to pray. God expects us to read and study his word. God expects children to read and study his word. Um, But, you know, when you're doing one of these prayer meetings, like I did, you've got to choose relevant prayer requests. You've got to make it at their level. Honestly, they didn't really care. They don't really care about, you know, so-and-so who has a job interview or so-and-so who has cancer. But they they don't have concepts of jobs and cancer. They want to pray for their turtle. On Sunday, one of the boys in my, Sunday, uh, my foundations class, he wanted to pray for his pet turtle. So we prayed for his pet turtle. Um, in, in my children's prayer meeting, somebody would be like, oh, I've got a boo-boo on my elbow. And I'd be like, I've one on my knee. Um, and all of a sudden, everybody, everybody had a boo-boo or a cut or a bruise. <laughs> and, and we prayed for them all because that's what mattered to them. That yes, was what's important to them teaches, and that's what's important to God, too. What, yes, whatever is important to them absolutely. matters. Yeah. And... Um, and I think we've, 
you know, we we always look and say, oh, well, God doesn't care about that. You know, God mm-hmm. doesn't care about his pet turtle. That matters nothing in the grand scheme of eternity. But um, I just, I always think that that father relationship yes. that we have with God. Um, I, I, at my church, I teach a Sunday school class. I teach the foundations class. I am involved with other things with the kids. I have a line of kids every Sunday and, and they want to tell me about their football, their soccer team and mm-hmm. their favorite soccer player, or they want to tell me about, um, you know, the, how they're having trouble at school or about the new princess doll they want to get for Christmas. And, you know, they never once think, oh, well, Heidi doesn't care about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I, I want to be really honest with you. I, I, soccer, nope, does nothing <laughs> for me. But I want to hear about their favorite player because I love them. And I love being with them and I love teaching them and it matters to them. So it matters to me. And that is why I was following the scores of the World Cup this year, because it matters to them. And I think that's the relationship that God has with us. It mm-hmm. matters to him because it matters to us. He loves us. Mm-hmm. So let them pray for their turtle. Let them pray for that microscopic paper cut on their finger. That they got let two years ago. For, <laughs> for real. Um, but I think too, letting them pray for other kids in our Mm -hmm. prayer meeting, we, um, had a little boy in the United States who was very sick that we were praying for and just seeing another kid, they relate to other kids. So they love that. They all wanted to pray for him every week. Um, and I was able to share videos and stuff with them that his mom and pictures them, his mom would post on Facebook and they love that. Um, but I think another thing we got to keep in mind is to be simple, Mm-hmm. Um, kids are simple. Their prayers are simple. Their prayer meeting needs to be simple. Their prayer time needs to be simple. So expect brief prayers. Um, when I would, how we'd run our prayer meeting, um, we dismiss for prayer. I bring the kids back. Um, and then I would take prayer requests with them. I would give them some and then I'd let them give some. And so, um, then after that, and this is how I do it now, actually, in my Sunday school. So I would go over a prayer request. Um, for example, um, in my Sunday school, we're praying for different countries every week. So I would tell them about the country, and then I'd stop right then and ask who wants to pray for it. Mm-hmm. Um, with little kids, I kind of assign it to them. I just go down the row. Um, and then so we just heard of the prayer request, and now I give them the prayer request, and they pray for it. And then we move to the next one. So we're praying for this missionary, and we go with it. And then we're praying for their request, and then I have somebody pray. Um, and just really just with children, just giving them one or two prayer requests at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, because to be honest, it's hard for them to remember. And if you're dealing with children that can't read, like they can't reference their prayer list. Um, if, if it's a really little child, I'll usually have them repeat it after me. So I'll say, all right, can you pray for the country of China? Can you say China? Uh, we'll go China. And then I know they can know how to say it. Mm-hmm. And they just said it. So chances are they'll remember it. Um, but just keeping it really short and simple. And then you are, if you're asking for their prayer requests, you are going to get requests that are silly in a sense, or just maybe not biblically inaccurate. Um, mm-hmm. For example, if you work with children who haven't been in church, usually they want to pray for somebody who died, like their grandma. And I'll be like, okay, how are we going to pray for your grandma? Well, she died two years ago. Um, so it's totally okay to just do a simple redirect and to say, well, we don't need to pray about your grandma because she's in heaven with Jesus, hopefully. Um, I always just pick that option. Um, She's in heaven with Jesus, but why don't we pray that God will give you comfort about it? So just Mm -hmm. kind of changing it. Um, And then another thing we get all the time, this happened on Sunday, um, especially with children who haven't been in church for a while, they want to pray for God or for Jesus. And so I'll just simply redirect. I'll say, hey, well, you know, we pray to God through Jesus. Um, so who do you want to pray to God about? Mm-hmm. Um, so just, and that's an opportunity for teaching as well. Yes. But in the name of being simple, this is my big one. Don't critique their prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm really bad for this. Um, if they mess up a prayer request and pray for the wrong thing, you know, God knows. Mm-hmm. And that's a principle of prayer. The Holy Spirit is interceding for us with groanings that can't be uttered. And so, they're not praying for us. They're praying, they're talking to God. Um, and God knows exactly what should we pray for. And the Holy Spirit and Jesus are both interceding. So, you know, if they mess up a prayer request, 
I just let it go. Mm-hmm. God knows. Um, and, you know, there are times when, you know, that I think this is a very common prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Help us to have a good day in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you hear that, you're like, okay, could we pray for maybe something else? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say, dear Father, I'm going to do this. And then they pray the exact same prayer. And you're like, well, okay, maybe next week. (laughs) Um, Just realizing as they grow, you know, the goal isn't a perfect prayer. The goal isn't even a perfectly biblical prayer. The goal is genuine communication with God. And that comes over time Mm -hmm. of modeling. Um, And, you know, I, I had a boy in my Sunday school. He rides the van to church. For the first time ever, he volunteered to pray. And it wasn't a quote-unquote good prayer. He messed up all the things. But I was just so thankful that he wanted to pray in Sunday school. Yes. And I'm pretty sure God was too. I'm pretty yes. sure God did not sit there and critique and say, well, it's in Jesus' name, not in God's name. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting it right. Prayer is just genuine communication with God. Mm-hmm. So having said all of that, this is really a practical tip that I have. This is something I learned. If you're dealing with ages that they don't read, the best thing you can do, even ages that do read, is be visual. Um, I'm a very visual person. Uh, If you hand me a 500-page book, I'm going to be like, "Uh, did they make a movie of this thing I can go watch in an hour? Um, I really have to push myself to wade through stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I would much rather see an illustration of it. I'm like, don't tell me, show me. Um, And children are also very much that way. And I would say there's a fair amount of adults who are right with me on this. So when I had my uh, prayer meeting, I made a prayer board. So I was not fancy. I went to the dollar store. I bought a piece of poster board. Um, I found pictures. So I got pictures of all our government officials, all the provincial leaders, um, all of that. I got pictures, every ministry we had in the church, we had logos for all of it. So I Mm -hmm. got those logos. The churches that our church was working on planting, I took pictures of them. Um, The little boy we were praying for, put a picture of him up there. Uh, Church we were praying for down in the United States, had a picture of that. Um, And so I had these pictures all over the board because I'm dealing with two to four-year-olds who can't read yet. Mm -hmm. And so at prayer time, if they wanted to pray for something they couldn't remember it, they would point to the picture. And it would help them that way. Um, and it was really incredible. After I gave them their, you know, we'd split up prayer requests. So I'd say, you know, so-and-so, can you pray for this and for this? Um, so they knew that they could pray for whatever they wanted afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was actually funny. We had a little four-year-old with a lot of strong sass going on. And so I would always say this happened every week. Um, and she was so happy of the fact that when I said, you know, can you pray for this and this? And she goes, and afterwards, I'm going to pray for whatever I want. And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> And she would. She would use the pictures on the board yes. to help her. Um, and it was it was very a big deal that it was okay to peek at the board to help you remember a quest. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyways, and so sometimes, you know, I had this four-year-old who would go on and on and on. And I'm like, okay, are we going to get done here? <laughs> um, but just the fact that they could pray for so many requests, they could remember them because they could see it. Yes. Um, but even with older kids, just simply using pictures, if mm-hmm. you're praying for a country, have a picture of that. Flags for different countries. Uh, missionary prayer cards are great for praying for missionaries because I want to see who I'm praying for. Mm-hmm. So do kids. Um, using maps or globes. Um, I have currently in my Sunday school, I have a scratch off map. So every time we pray for a country, we scratch it oh, off. Oh, that's and such a neat idea. I'm telling you, the moment my kids walk into the Sunday school room, They're all like mobbing me. They're like, can I pray today? Can I pray? (laughs) Um, So, you know, I'm sure they, I'm sure they're definitely excited to pray, but um, it's a great way for us to keep track of what we're praying on, what countries we prayed for, what ones we should pray for still. Um, Missionaries, if you're praying for missionaries, we did this just the other day, but um, oftentimes missionaries will send out videos or pictures Mm -hmm. showing them to the kids so they can see this is a Sunday school we're praying for. These are the kids we're praying for. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a missionary who sent, we've been praying for, he sent out um, a video update. So I'm going to show that to my Sunday school class the next time we meet together. Um, but just great ways for help kids see, you know, it's just not some remote thing we're praying for. It's something that's here and it's real people. 
that God loves and God cares about. Um, and they're just so excited to do that. Mm-hmm. They Kids really love to pray. You know? Yes. With just a little direction, a little instruction. Yes. And I think the last thing, um, one thing that I've really thought about and grown in this year, um, it was something that before I never considered, something I've had questions asked about, about praying for sensitive requests. So by sensitive request, I'm talking about war, kidnappings, deaths. Um, I hate that. I hate that we live in a world that's broken and painful. I hate that these things are out there. And mm-hmm. my natural inclination is to protect. We want kids to have that innocence. We, we don't want them to know about these things, right? Um, well, I had a friend. She runs an organization called Prayer Pioneers where she encourages people and gathers requests. And we're mm-hmm. praying for people all over the world. We're praying for people in the Ukraine who've had their houses destroyed by bombings. We're praying for children in Nigeria who've been kidnapped. We're praying for all these things. And it's not adults. It's children praying for other children. Um, and I asked her, I remember I was over at her house. We were out on the porch talking way too late at night. <laughs> and I said, you know, a lot of people would say we should protect children from stuff like that. Like they shouldn't know about these things, much less pray about these things. And I remember what she said, because it's completely changed how I look at prayer with kids. She said, someday they're going to be in a situation similar maybe not a kidnapping or whatever, but someday they will be in a situation where they don't know what to do or who to go to, and they have to know they can go to God. And I realized the purpose of prayer, it's to teach children to have a personal relationship with God, mm-hmm. to know that there's always somebody they can trust, always somebody they can go to. Um, and I, I think it's true with everyone. We all, everyone is going to come face to face with a moment when the floor is going to fall out from under them. Yes. And in that moment, they have to know, they have to be prepared to know that God is here. I can go to him. He's with me. Mm-hmm. So in my Sunday school, we pray for governments that are committing genocide. We pray for people groups, uh, Christians that are being persecuted. Um, we prayed for children in Nigeria that are being kidnapped. And so let me just, preface all of this with when we're doing these things, I'm very careful about how it's presented um, because the last thing I ever want to do is create fears in children's minds. Mm-hmm. I was a very paranoid child growing up, so it kind of hits home with me. So when I'm presenting requests such as kidnappings in Nigeria or a war, I'm going to be very vague with mm-hmm. it. Um, a couple weeks ago, my Sunday school class prayed for a missionary family who tragically lost their father. And so I, how I presented that, I said, there's a missionary family um, over in the Middle East, and their father died really suddenly, and he's with the Lord now. So that's a happy thing, but it's sad for them, so we're going to pray that God give them comfort. I didn't give any details. Um, um, and you don't want to, goodness, if, if somebody in the church is in a car accident, you don't want to say, you know, pray for the so-and-sos, the, they were driving and then this semi just came and ran over them and their car flipped in the ditch and there was a fire. Like, goodness, yeah. we don't want to terrify anyone. Yes. Um, so be vague with the wording. If I'm describing a war, especially with younger kids, I'm going to put it in terms they can understand. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say there's a lot of fighting in this country. Let's pray that God brings peace. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm talking about genocide, with my older kids, I explain what genocide is in vague terms. With younger kids, I don't even use that word. I say, in this country, the government is hurting people. They're being really bad to people. Um, and we're going to pray that God will deliver them. So just really vague terms. Um, and then also giving reassurances. When I'm talking about children in Nigeria who've been kidnapped, I don't, you know, I, I, I would start with something like this. I would say, now... In, well, in this case, it was in Canada. In Canada, we're very blessed to have police that protect us. We've got a government that protects mm-hmm. us. You've got moms and dads and teachers that watch out for you. But these children didn't. And so some people came and took them away. Um, but then I'll usually add, but you don't have to worry about that happening because you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so adding those reassurances. Um, but one thing I'm careful not to do is say, but you don't have to worry about that happening to you because God's going to protect you. Because mm-hmm. yes. God was there when these children were kidnapped. Yeah. And 
really a theme of my teaching. This is something that God's taught me so much this year is that God allows hard things into our lives, but he always does it for his glory and he's always with us. Mm-hmm. And so just constantly bringing those themes up in every class that I can, just slipping that in. But also when we're addressing prayer requests, just adding and remember God is always with us because mm-hmm. I can't promise them a tragedy will never happen to them. But I know from the Bible that God's going to be with them. Um, and I have never had problems when talking about these issues and sensitive things, um, except for, I will be honest, two weeks ago, um, we were praying in my Sunday school. So I had um, grades four to six. So children that are um, starting to, um, they're starting to grow up a bit. And so mm-hmm. they're starting to think independently and more of these things. And so I, we were praying for a country in Africa um, where there's a lot of terrorist groups that will go and destroy and target Christians and pastors' family. And one of my girls raised their hand and said, well, what if those people come to America and destroy our homes? And I was like, wow. Um, And so she asked a good question. So Mm -hmm. I gave a good answer. I said, well, you know what? To get into the United States, I went with the logic. To get into the United States, you can't just come in. You've got to get a visa. Mm -hmm. And when you get a visa, they're going to do a background check. So they check all about you. And they would see that you've done those things before. And they won't let you in you're safe here you don't need to worry about that and it was fine mm-hmm. absolutely fine um so praying with older kids it might bring up some of these fears and so we've got to address the logic of it because a mm-hmm. lot of times it's irrational fears but at the very end of it we have to trust god and and realize that yes a hard thing may happen but god's with us and he's going to help us and bring it through and whatever it is it's going to be for his glory and it's going to make us holy and you know what? Ultimately, worst case scenarios do happen. And at some point, everybody's hard looks different, but at some mm-hmm. point they're going to encounter a hard situation. And I can't prevent that from happening to them, but I can prepare them for yes. that and teach them to have a genuine relationship with God. And that's, I think, the real goal mm-hmm. with teaching children about prayer. Well, Heidi, this has been so helpful for me personally, and I know that it's just going to be helpful for the listeners as well. Um, just, I love how it's so much truth, but yet so practical. You know, prayer seems like, oh, it's just open your mouth and speak. Um, but but then sometimes we're kind of like, oh, what are we doing? Especially teaching children. How do we teach them? How do we translate this? So I love that you just guided us through some stuff that we've maybe never thought about, maybe overlooked, um, but just such helpful information. And I look forward to even now we're about to go eat lunch. And as we sit down and pray for our food, I want to implement some of the things that you shared in here. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It was such a blessing. Thank you for having me. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.